Welcome to episode 050, Consciously Choose How You Direct Your Internal Energy. Welcome, I'm your host, Claire Obeyed. One Woke Mama is a journey of awakening through the raw, sometimes painful, always beautiful and definitely messy ride that is motherhood. This is our journey in mind, body and soul towards consciousness. We seek clarity, we hunt down the truth, we dive into the discomfort of healing, uncovering shadows and rising out of them back into the new woman that we're meant to be. Beautiful one, I just wanted to let you know that Practical Magic and Spiritual Medicine, my online membership group, is now available for you to join and try for only $1 for the first month. After that, $29 a month, and you'll be able to enjoy the monthly practices in breathwork, meditation, EFT, movement, and so much more. Really supporting you to free your mind, to feel your body, to hear your heart and feed your soul. These are practices that I live by, that I have dived deep into over many, many years and that I passionately share with my clients and I'm providing them to you in this incredible online space just for you to experience the magic and the medicine that is available to you through your breath, through your body, at your fingertips and it's able to support you through all of the experiences that you undergo in life, in motherhood, in work, in community, and as a global member of society. Creating a spiritual practice is important for you. Creating a ritual that allows you to connect inward, then this is your space. Please head over to claireobade.com, find the magic and medicine tab in the menu bar, and come and join us. $1 for the first month and see how you like it. Coming up on the 23rd, we're hosting our next virtual sacred circle under the new moon in Gemini. So it'd be great to see you by then so that you can come and enter the group and experience what is a profoundly beautiful and special space that you will really enjoy being part of. I can't wait to have you join us and to be part of this beautiful, beautiful group. And now on to today's episode. Hey beautiful, thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode on One Woke Mama. I've just been doing the back end stuff here, getting ready to release this episode online. I've just realized that this is episode 050 on One Woke Mama and that doesn't include the first 30 or so episodes from the first season. So that's a heck of a lot of episodes so far. I should probably throw some sort of celebration party if I could be bothered. (laughs) So consider this my own little celebration with you listening in. 50 episodes in of One Woke Mama. And I've started to really tune into this podcast and what it really is about. And even though it's called One Woke Mama, it's not so much just about motherhood. It's about the journey of awakening the journey of consciousness through life and motherhood and humanity and all experiences. And it's really a deep dive exploration into our mind, our body, our soul, our heart, 
and all of the things that light me up. So if you're listening in and you are a mummer, I invite you to take a moment to share on your socials any episode or this episode if you enjoy it and share it to your community whether they are filled with mummers or not because I know that what we're talking about here is really powerful and profound and that I do believe that the, the content in One Woke Mummer would be greatly received. So it would be such a huge gift to me and to your community if you would take a moment to share. Don't forget to tag me on Instagram and don't forget to let your peeps know what it is that you're loving about One Woke Mama. So we're going to dive in. Today we're talking about consciously choosing how you direct your internal energy. So I'm sure I've mentioned this to you before, but I'm deep into another round of somatic coaching training and breathwork training. And there has been this really beautiful common teaching over the last couple of weeks around internal awareness. So let me start by highlighting something. As a mummer, as a woman, I can see that we often, without intending to, pull our children up and out of their body and into their head. We almost demand that they think through their feelings, their emotions, their experiences all of the time. We tend to demand, and when I use the word demand, I don't mean that you are yelling at them to use their head, because I'm certainly not doing that, but there is this energy of expectation where we're demanding in some way that they use their mind constantly to discern, to understand, to grow. So, of course, the mind is powerful and necessary. It's how we learn so many important skills. It's how we navigate the world, how we make sense of the world. We use our mind constantly. Our mind is the driving factor to the uptake of so many skills, to retaining information, to learning how to pull your socks and shoes on, all of that sort of stuff. However, the problem that I'm starting to really understand and have been diving into more lately is this obsession with our mind and how we constantly encourage our children to use their mind in a way that prevents us from teaching them to learn how to listen to the other cornerstones of their internal awareness. So if you think about a triangle shape, right, there are three corners to that triangle. You have thoughts, another corner is emotions, and another corner is the felt sense, so the sensations, the feelings, the physical feelings. All of that together combined is all a form of energy, singularly and as a trio. We're talking about energy here. So what we have noticed, probably within ourselves and now for those of us that are mothers and fathers, what we're also noticing is that our, our children, just as we have, will inevitably grow into being quite heady, cut off from the neck down, disconnected from their body, from their heart, from trusting their emotions, from their physical sensations, from their intuition. I see this constantly in my work, coaching, uh, mentoring one-on-one. I see, especially in those early sessions, my client's inability to actually tune into the physical sensations in their body without immediately going into the analytical mind or the critical thinking about what that is or what that means or also very disconnected from their emotions, unable to actually label or feel or embody their emotions or 
allow their emotions to just be. So what is really interesting and maybe slightly comical about all of this is that one of my teachers in breathwork, Dan Brule, he highlights, as have many of my other teachers, I just don't have the time to honour them all right now, especially the teachers that I've had in brain work, neuroscience, trauma awareness. What they highlight is that children are predominantly in their right brain, predominantly living from their subconscious mind. And this is especially the first few years. It's actually incredibly challenging for our children to constantly be in a thinking state. That's why we have to, as Dan highlights, repeat things over and over and over to get them to think and to switch on and to do and to react and take action. Because feeling states are their normal. Emotional states are their normal. Being in their body is normal for them. Yet we, from a very early point in our parenting, just know I'm not finger pointing here, I'm part of this too, we tend to push them to jump into their head and overload them with information. And that's nobody's fault. That's how we were raised. That's just our society and our culture. We present to our children and also to ourselves and to each other what is right, what is wrong, what is normal, what is abnormal. We teach our children that the mind is the guide, the leader, the number one port of call, the default place for all of our attention, our decisions, our actions. Can you also see this in yourself as well as contemplating on this for your children? And for those of you that aren't parents, you always apply this to your colleagues, your family, yourself, anybody in your world. So here I am pondering now on how different the world might actually be if we were all taught to honour our internal awareness from all sides of that triangle, our thoughts, our feeling sensations and our emotions, the energy within, how that would change our sense of wholeness, our sense of aliveness and the shape of who we are in mind, body, spirit, soul. And when I say shape, this is a somatic term. I don't just mean the physical shape, as in what shape your body takes, although that's part of it. I mean the um, shape in the sense of your embodiment, how we make decisions, how we show up in the world, how we connect with source energy and connect with our world and all of those in it. How different would that be if we were all taught to honour our internal awareness. So let me uh, jump to another aspect of this and take you to my mother, my beautiful mother. Her name is Sana. So from a very, very, very young age, I became hyper aware of the power of the mind. I think I understood this so clearly, even from the age of maybe four or five. This is not me being a genius, guys. Your kids probably understand it too. They just don't know how to explain that they understand it. I would witness my mother's thought processes. It's almost like whenever she was experiencing something challenging or distressing unfolding in her world, I would see her worry. It's almost like I was in her head seeing her worry or seeing her thoughts or seeing her stress, even if she wasn't saying it out loud, although she did that too. Her stress, her anxiety, her mental chatter, that would override everything else. That would become her focus point. And then, just like clockwork, two things would always happen off the back of that. Number one, her emotions would follow suit. If she was thinking stressful thoughts, her emotions would mirror that. She would emotionally be wound up, stressed, anxious, frustrated, resentful, angry. She would wear emotionally what she was thinking internally. The second thing that would follow is that her body would soon follow suit. 
her body would get the memo that stress, worry, anxiety was the feeling state du jour, that that was what was on the menu for the day, and so it would respond accordingly. My mother would feel physical sensations that mirrored what was on the menu. So she manifested illnesses all the time. Physical pain, high blood pressure, arthritis, celiac, adhesions, hysterectomy, UTIs, hernias, seriously, the list goes on. Now, please know I am absolutely not in judgment of my mother at all or anybody else that you think is similar to this. I only have deep love and compassion for my mother and all human beings. I am not in any way passing judgment here, but what I'm doing is noticing the loop of connection between her inner world of thoughts, feelings, and emotions. How the energy would transmute from one, so thoughts, into feelings and into emotions. I'm noticing this and I noticed this from a very young age. And I have had countless conversations with my mum about the power of her thoughts, her feelings and her emotions and how they are all looped together and all affect each other. <clears throat> and also, guys, I say this in myself. I am not perfect either. I am my mother's daughter. I carry so much of this patterning as well, which I am continuously trying to unravel. So here's the thing. She was never taught that her mind is not the hero of every story. She was never taught that her mind could actually be a hindrance at certain times. She was never taught to bring her attention lovingly to something else when her mind set off on a roller coaster of insanity. She was never taught to sometimes reference her gut feelings or her intuition or to listen to her heart or hear it or to feel into her body more so than her mind. She was never taught that perhaps her mind could falsely guide her, that perhaps her mind wasn't the only aspect within herself of her internal awareness that should be trusted making decisions from or to trust in something else other than her mind, her mental chatter, her ego. She was never taught that. Were you? Now, over the years, my mother has come more into her heart, more into her in intuition, more into trusting what her body is saying, as have I, as have many of you listening. But when we're going back to the very beginning in those early years when we are trying to be in our subconscious mind and trying to be in our right brain and trying to be in our body and we're told to continuously come up into our mind, it's not a surprise to me that so many of us are disconnected in that way. So let's break this down a little bit more. We fixate on a distressing thought or a worrisome idea. This might lead to a surge of emotions that mirror those thoughts, which then leads to perhaps a manifestation on the physical plane. Not immediately, maybe later, maybe 10 years later, I don't know. And this is in your body. Those thoughts, thoughts and feelings are now showing up in pain, discomfort, disease, dis-ease. So it can go any way though, right? You might start with a sore belly. You've eaten something funny. You focus on it so much. You bring your full attention to it. Your emotions then kick in because you're feeling afraid and worrying and fearful around what is going on in your tummy. Your thoughts go hell for leather now on wondering what this could be about. You might even panic and you might start thinking all of the worst possible scenarios. Uh, did my appendix just burst? Have I got a gut problem? What's going on there? Has, has something happened? So you can see what I'm talking about here. Or maybe you go the other way. Maybe you start by feeling sad. Maybe emotionally you'll wake up one day and you're just down. You don't know why. You've got no idea why. And instead of holding space for your feelings... 
you start thinking and analyzing about why you're so sad. How could you stop this feeling? How do you move away from this discomfort? And then perhaps that brings about a racing heart or an ache or a pain in your body. Can you see the loop? The loop can go in any direction, in any way, and you're actually in control of that loop. So let me loop back and connect this to our children. So as we parent them, are we always and only inviting them to be in their head, to decide, to reference, to move forward from their thoughts only, or just from their emotions, or just from their body? Are we encouraging them to feel sensations in their body or to tune into what their emotional state is telling them? Are we allowing them to reference their whole internal awareness and understand that they actually have the power to direct consciously their energy? They have that power. Isn't that really interesting? I find that really fascinating and very empowering. What would happen if we were okay with them not getting things on a cognitive thinking level every single time, but nurturing them to feel empowered by simply hearing and tuning into the felt sense of their body or what their emotions are indicating them or telling them? That maybe they don't understand what we've te- we're trying to teach them or they haven't figured something out that we want them to figure out, but maybe they get it in a different way and that's actual power emotional intelligence body awareness so let me tell you a couple of stories I had a moment recently with my little Soleil she was asking her daddy if she could wear something she tends to not like to wear a lot of clothes in winter she says she hates getting sweaty so she was negotiating with him and Chris can be a bit old school about it it's freezing outside put more clothes on and every time he would say something that she wasn't happy with she would come back to me in the kitchen where I was cooking breakfast So there was incongruence here because he was saying one thing and I was leaving it to her to decide. I was trying to empower her to feel into her body and make a decision based on what she felt and to let her feel into the consequences of that as well. So then she walked back into the kitchen. I'm not sure where she'd got to with the negotiation about what she was going to wear at this point, but she was seemingly calm and okay. But then her brother made a loud sound and startled her. I think he almost pretended to hit her as well, but didn't actually do that. But she absolutely fell apart. She was kicking and screaming, immediate tears. She was repeating over and over and over that Rafi yelled at me, he hit me, he hurt me. So you and I both know that it had nothing to do with Rafi. That was just the straw that broke the camel's back, as we say. So here's how it unfolded. I got down on the floor and just held her and said over and over, let it out, baby. Let out that frustration and anger. Just feel that. Let it all come up. And of course it escalated. It got more intense because I was inviting her to feel that. That's not an easy thing to hold space for. Somebody screaming, and especially in the way that Soleil does, it's not easy, but it's important. And it was really important for her to be safely held to release and feel what she was feeling. But what was interesting, I noticed, was she was persisting on trying to make me understand what Rafi had done and she was trying to make herself go into her thinking space and critically analyze and share fact like from a factual basis what had happened but I knew he'd done nothing in particular to set this off I knew it wasn't really about that it it was about her own feelings her release of emotions building up 
Her frustration, her anger, whatever was unfolding between her and her dad had been building in her body. So I didn't really want to rationalise her through this emotional ride. So I kind of avoided going into her desire to go into her head and to figure it out from that space. I avoided trying to figure it out myself. And I just let her, whilst in that moment, actually be with the internal experience of frustration, anger, resentment and disempowerment. First, she needed to feel on release. She wasn't feeling sovereign. She wasn't feeling empowered. Raphael's loud sound and the movement of his body towards her had provided her body the opportunity to release, which is really, really powerful. So once she'd calmed down on Omu then, I just said, honey, can you feel how you had some big stuff inside your body? So I brought her attention back to her body. She said, uh-huh. And she was moving into like the grunting sounds at this point. She wasn't making words, but she was acknowledging. I then suggested, perhaps Rafi making that loud sound helped you get some feelings out. Maybe those feelings you think are about Rafi, or maybe they're actually about something else. And she went, uh-huh, daddy and my clothes. So it's only after she's moved through those emotions that I brought her into her thinking space and brought her attention into understanding which was a really important transition. I don't want her to get so lost in her emotions that she's overridden by them and overtaken by them and she can't find her way back up to the top. And at that point, using her thinking mind after she's released is really powerful for her to then use understanding. We've had so many experiences like this with Soleil. We've had experiences where she's fallen down and cut her knee up really badly. And for a child with sensory challenges, this is a big deal. So I really don't appreciate it when people try and just distract her immediately from the pain and force her away from what she's feeling physically and emotionally. But I'm also aware that she can have a tendency to fixate on it and therefore her thoughts and mind will take over and create a story and a patterning around falling down and hurting herself and then this becomes a bit of an event. This painful bodily sensation then leads to big emotional reactions which then, if unchecked, can lead to a story and a mental thought pattern that becomes her way of programming. And this isn't helpful. So if I don't support her to feel her emotions and her sensations, but also to bring her mind to something else, then this can spiral. But done well, it can look something like this. So let me share it with you. I might say, oh, honey, you fell down. I can see that hurts. Yeah, there's blood. It's scaring you. I see that, honey. I see. You're scared. Come sit with me. Come. Let me clean it up. Let me get my oils out and we'll clean it up. And whilst you're sitting with me, let's just take some breaths. Deep breath in. (sighs) Now on the next breath, can you make a really funny sound as you breathe out? I'll invite her to do that a few times. And all the while I'm cleaning up, right? So I'm not distracting her from her pain, but I'm bringing her into another part of her internal awareness. She's feeling pain in her knee and I'm bringing her into tuning into her body in a different way, tuning into her breath. And I'll say, does that feel good in your body now? Oh, look, the sun's now come out on your face. Can you feel that warmth on your face? Oh, that's so nice, isn't it? Isn't that lovely? Okay, all done. Let's look at your knee, honey. All better. Does it still hurt now? Oh, yeah, it does a little bit. Okay, well, you know you've got a magic body. Let's leave it to heal and let's do its magic thing. So all the thoughts, all the feelings, sensations and emotions are a form of energy. We have the ability to choose where our attention goes to within our internal awareness, which is made up of those thoughts, feelings, sensations, emotions. 
So you can see there, there's a possibility for her to get stuck in a loop. Or with support for yourself or for your child, you can choose to interrupt that cycle and that loop. Otherwise, it can spread and it can overwhelm and it can take over. What if you can choose despite the pain that you're feeling or despite the incessant thoughts or despite the overwhelming emotions to bring your attention gently elsewhere, to choose another way through, to calmly notice without judgment, to breathe, to drop the tension, to shift your awareness, take yourself out of the story or take yourself to a different part of a different story. So we're talking here about proactively responding instead of reacting. It's kind of like childbirth, isn't it? You know, there's two ways here. You can feel your cervix opening with each contraction. You fixate on the pain. You get overwhelmed by it. Your emotions kick in. You feel panicky and uncertain and afraid and your mind then starts saying, can't do this. This is too much. Something is wrong. You're not going to be able to do this. And on it goes. Or you feel the surge of hormones, rolling sensations in your body, the discomfort of it all opening your body. You breathe. You bring your attention to the warmth of the water on your back or your partner massaging your hips. You use vocal toning and sound to release what you're feeling or to at least support you as you ride those feelings. Your emotions don't kick into panic. Your mind repeats mantras you learn to affirm your birth and your ability to bring life forward. Two very different experiences, right? All dependent on where you choose to consciously direct your internal energy. You're not denying, ignoring or suppressing that pain, the emotions or the experience, just as I described with Soleil. No, you're just choosing consciously where to bring your focus and attention on your internal awareness and therefore your outward daily experience shifts. This is just what I do when attempting to support my children through their experiences and also myself. Okay, I'm feeling something really big in my heart. I'm going to breathe into that. I'm not going to go into my head here and allow my mind to take over and to create some wild, outrageous story about what this is. I'm just going to be here with this feeling. And maybe I'm going to bring my attention to something slightly different, like I've got this beautiful cup of tea in front of me. I'm going to take a sip of that warm liquid and feel that down my throat. I'm going to keep breathing. And I'm going to see what I need to do from here. You're exploring feelings and thoughts and sensations that if left unchecked and if you allow them to overwhelm and control, they will unconsciously drive your behaviour, which affects your daily life and experience. So consciously choosing how you direct your internal energy is not something that you have to go and study to learn how to do. It's practice. It's just daily awareness and practice. Each time you'll be able to move into it faster or deeper. And you might actually catch it before you get lost in those thoughts or those emotions or those feelings. Hmm. It doesn't take much to shift your attention. It doesn't take much to be conscious. It just takes practice. And with your children showing up to this experience with them, allowing them to be in other 
elements of their internal awareness, allowing them to not just be in their head or not encouraging only the head. Or if you have a child like mine that can get really overwhelmed with uh, with feelings and sensations, that sometimes you actually have to bring her into her mind, not straight away, but at some point you've got to use the power of the mind to help short circuit. You know, my, my child, my children are very different. Rafi, I can hold space for his emotions and his tantrums because he will move himself out of it quite quickly. So if he has a tantrum and I get down on the floor and I say, oh, you're unhappy, you're not happy, I see that, you weren't happy with that, you're angry, that actually supports him. He responds really well to that and he will feel that. It'll shift through his body and then he's able to regulate. But if I was to do that to Soleil too much, there's a tipping point. She will get lost in the emotion. She will get lost in the feeling. And I actually then have to bring her mind in and say, how about this instead? Or can we try that? And I'll actually have to give her a thought or a mind-based tool to navigate out. Only you will know for yourself and for your children what combination works. And that's experimenting, isn't it? So I hope that this has given you a really powerful insight into your internal energy and that you are the driver's seat of thoughts, feelings, sensations and emotions and that you can choose and direct all of that energy, right? So that if you find that you're constantly overwhelmed by experiences in your life, maybe witness it and wonder and ponder and ask the question, am I driving this? Am I choosing to to direct my energy or is it something that I am being directed by? Am I being overwhelmed by it, controlled by it? How could I shift here? How could I redirect my focus? So I've got a pain in my knee or my ankle and it's really annoying me and it's pissing me off and my full attention's there. What if I was to bring my energy and awareness to some other element that I can lean into instead? Instead of fixating on that pain, which then spirals me into other emotions and thoughts, where else could I direct my internal energy? Hmm. I hope that that has landed for you. It's been really awesome to share that with you. And I would love to hear what you think and feel about it or maybe what your emotions tell you about it. Maybe you just respond intuitively and you share with me an experience throughout your week where you consciously choose to direct your internal energy in a different way which then allows you to show up in the world in a different way in a more evolved conscious way not changing who you are but transforming elements of yourself that are not working for you anymore so I'm going to leave you with that and I hope that this lands and I hope that this really supports you before I leave you I'm just going to float this idea with you I shared on Instagram that I would love to start hosting breath work journeys and workshops live when we're allowed to once again host live workshops in groups and as I shared that I started to receive a lot of messages from people saying would you be willing to do them online in zoom zoom groups which I hadn't even considered I don't know why Uh, but someone said to me just like you would do a yoga class online could you do a breath work session online The answer is 100% yes. So I'm looking into hosting them maybe fortnightly or once a month. 
I would love to hear from you. Feel free to email me, claire at clareobade.com if this is of interest to you or head to my website, clareobade.com and jump on the newsletter list because I will be emailing out there once I've got this up and running and you can come and join me for a one-hour breathwork session where I will take you through a variety of breathwork practices. I'll also bring in some meditation to that as well and maybe some combined breathwork gentle movement in the Sufi tradition so that you can really harness the power of breath which is energy which helps you to shift and direct your internal energy in different ways so if that's of interest please connect with me in any way that feels right for you you can jump on socials you can email me or you can jump onto the newsletter where I will be sharing this um, via newsletter soon all right my loves I am going to leave you for the rest of your day and I'm going to go outside and enjoy some sunshine now I'm going to shift my energy sending you so much love and light and thank you for being here with me as one mama on the path to work and I hope that you continue to wake up with me too.